Uh, good morning, everyone. Uh, sabi, sino ba kanina? Sabi ni JD ba? Mayong buntag. No? Mayong, mayong aga. And I'm glad to be with you again this morning. Though, uh, not face-to-face, but still we are able to share with you and to study God's Word together. We understand that this is an extraordinary situation to celebrate the Lord's Day. Uh, hindi ito normal no, na paraan upang tayo ay magtipon-tipon uh, sa araw ng linggo no, para sumamba. A church is a gathering of believers. Not virtually, but physically. To corporately worship God in the singing of hymns and psalms, in our prayers, uh, to corporately worship God in uh, the fellowship of the saints. My prayer is that uh, we will long for the day that we can gather together again as a church to be able to gather physically soon, um, to have fellowship and to encourage one another in our walk in faith. Sa palagay ko, pinag-usapan namin kanina, naramdaman din ninyo ang pagkakaiba ng pagtitipo na ganito na hindi tayong magkaharap-harap. Sana maging maayos na ang mga susunod na mga linggo so we can gather together physically as a church. Na-mention ni Brother Allen na we, we were in the, in the UAE for almost 15 years. And so Middle East is one of the places where submission in the biblical text is frequently misunderstood. Islam thought of the submission of wives to their husbands as a surrender of the identity and rights of wives. Sa palagay ko, kahit sa ang lugar, no? kahit dito sa mga kapitbahay natin, may mga tao na allergic pag, na pag-usapan ang pagpapasakop or submission. Ang tingin nila, Inaabuso natin ang dignidad ng mga kababaihan, lalo na ng babaeng asawa. And so they might look at Christianity as an oppressive religion. And sad to say, most Muslims do. Pero bakit nga ba? And how do we as Christians believe that it's not true? That the thought of submission perceived or understood to be a display of oppression, of human rights violation, or worse, an abuse, is wrong. Biblically speaking, we are called to submit to one another in reverence to Christ. So, umpisa pa lang, there is already submission. And ito yung last verse ng passage natin last Sunday. No? It's in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 21. So, for further clarity, and for us to understand this, uh, let's spend our time in the study of Ephesians chapter 5, verses 22 to 33. And then we'll continue up to chapter 6, verses 1 to 9. So if you have your Bibles with you, uh, please follow along as I read Ephesians chapter 5, verses 22 up to chapter 6, verse 9. So I am reading from English Standard Bible, and I'm also cross-referencing, trying to use Tagalog Bible. No, ito yung 
Mga magandang balita, Biblia. So while you're going there, this letter was written by Paul to churches in Ephesus, which is actually a mixture of Christian Jews and Christian Gentiles. So let's read chapter 5 of Ephesians, starting from verse 22. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body, and is himself its Savior. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit in everything to their husbands. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor, without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she might be holy and without blemish. In the same way, husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as Christ does the church. Because we are members of his body. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This mystery is profound. And I am saying that it refers to Christ and the church. However, let each one of you love his wife as himself. And let the wife see that she respects her husband. Chapter 6, verse 1. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with the promise. That it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Bond servants, obey your earthly masters with fear and trembling, with a sincere heart as you would Christ, not by the way of eye service as people pleasers, but as bond servants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart rendering service with a good will as to the Lord and not to men, knowing that whatever good anyone does, this he will receive back from the Lord, whether he is a bondservant or is free. Masters, do the same to them and stop your threatening, knowing that he who is both their master and yours is in heaven and that there is no partiality with him. Let's pray to the Lord before we continue. Oh, Father Heaven, we thank you for this morning. Thank you, Lord, for this opportunity for us to study your word together. In spite of these restrictions, to gather together physically. Father, we pray that this will not be a hindrance, but instead make our hearts see the importance of physical gathering as a church, as you have commanded us to do. We pray that the more that we long to see each other again physically, and will not consider this as a norm. Father, guard our hearts from any distractions as we spend our time together in the study of your word. 
make this time worthwhile in your presence, that we might see more truth about you and for us to be more and more like your son, Jesus Christ. For in his name we pray. Amen. Okay. So, mahaba na passage. Nagpaalam na ako kay Allen. Anyway, let's try to make this uh, not very long. Uh, so, let's start. So, the, the title of the passage is actually Christ-Centered Submission. Uh, let's consider three points in our study this morning. One is, the first point is submission in marriage. And that we can find it in chapter 5, verses 22 to 33. Number two, submission of children. That is six, chapter 6, verses 1 to 4. And number three, submission of servants. Chapter 6, verses 5 to 9. So we have three points to consider this morning. But before we start, one question though. Why do we need to start with marriage in verses 22 to 33? Have you noticed any word similar to or the word marriage itself in these verses? Diba wala, no? Wala dun. But why did we consider marriage here? When was the first wedding recorded in the Bible? Sa natin to makikita. I think we read Genesis chapter 3. And the first wedding recorded was actually in Genesis chapter 2. It's in the first book of the Bible, meaning it's part of God's plan of creation. There are two individuals, a man called Adam, and then a woman, Eve, becoming one flesh, meaning they lived together, became husband and wife. This we understand to be the first wedding. A marriage of a man and a woman. And this institution of marriage, as we can see in Genesis, was even before the fall of man, which is chapter 3, as we read this morning. Then follows that marriage is an institution designed by God for his ultimate purposes and not a result of sin. Therefore, biblical marriage ultimately should bring glory to God. When we think of marriage or a wedding, it is always a what may handaan, no? a celebration. There is always a festivity. Because you are looking forward for that day where we can be gathered together with God in a marriage supper of the Lamb, in a banquet table in heaven. We were attending several weddings. Malala niyo pa ba kung ano yung last declaration na nagkakasal normally? Ano sinasabi? I now declare you as husband and wife. 99% of weddings that we attended though are using this verse. Ito yung uh, Ephesians chapter 5, verses 33 to 22. I would say then that the words wives and husbands are indicative that there is marriage. Paul in this letter to the Ephesians knew that when he mentions wives and husbands, these are married individuals, a man and a woman 
living together as one flesh. And so going back to our passage, let's consider our first point, submission in marriage. And I'll read the first part, which is actually addressed to wives. So that's verses 22 to 24. Wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body, and is himself its savior. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit in everything to their husbands. Verse 22 commands wives to submit, but not just to anybody in marriage. Asabidito, submit to your own husbands not to any other husbands or any man in this matter. And also in the context only of marriage. Take note again that submission is not merely for the sake of submission. Hindi to power tripping lang. Wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord. Nasabi dito, as to the Lord. It's a command to submit as to the Lord. And the reasons for submission is explained in verse 23. Why wives must submit is because, one, the husband is the head of the wife. And to make this command not cultural, Paul tied this headship to Christ as the head of the church, his body, and is himself its savior. Paul further explained the relationship of Christ and the church in verse 24. As the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit in everything to their husband. This is a very compelling command with specific illustration of a sacred and special relationship of Christ and the church. Sabi ko nga eh, ideally, walang dahilan para hindi magpasakop ang babae sa kanyang asawa, kung ang katotohanan nito ay ang relasyon ni Kristo sa kanyang simbahan. Ito ay isang ultimately perfect relationship dahil si Iso Kristo ay perfecto. Ito ay isang misteryo no? or talinghaga na naipakita ng Diyos sa pamamagitan ng mag-asawa. Pero dahil sa kasalanan, which we read in Genesis chapter 3, ito ay nagkaroon ng bahid. But hold on, there is hope. Ang pag-asa natin, ang pag-asa natin ay wala sa ating mga asawa. Kung ikaw ay babae, it's not in your husband. Kung hindi, ay Kristo. And that is our unity in Christ as one body. So there we go. Wives, submit in everything to your husbands as to the Lord. Now, are there qualifications for husbands so wives must submit? For Christians in this context, I think that this is not conditional since you submit to the Lord, not to your husband. But I would suggest a litmus test. Since we are sinners and not yet perfect, if whether to submit or not. question is, if that submission will lead you into sin or disobeying God's clear command, then 
this is an exception for wives not to submit. We are called to bring God glory and for us to fight sin together. I hope this will be helpful for those who are Christians and those who are husbands and wives uh, living together in a Christian marriage. We will try to answer this in the next verses though. But then again, I think yung question na exemption dahil pwede bang hindi magpasakop. Meron mga deeper questions. And that is because of sin. We don't trust each other. We cannot read somebody's mind. And so I think the question that comes like this is not because we want to hear something to justify. We are making excuses. And because we don't trust each other. Pride is still there. And doubts about who and how we should deal one another because we are sinners. But praise God that we are not doing this on our own as we continue with the role of husbands in this relationship. Husbands, I hope and pray that whatever we do in our relationship with our wives will be first and foremost for God's glory and in obedience to his commands, not lording over our wives. May mga asawang lalaki na pwedeng umabuso dahil dito. Pero tandaan natin na dapat manguna pa rin yung pagsunod sa kautosan ng Diyos kaysa sa gustong ipagawa ng asawang lalaki na hindi pagsunod dito. To those ladies who are here and soon to be wives, I just would want to make this clear that submission only applies to wives and husbands. If you are in a relationship and not yet married, you are not to submit to your soon-to-be husband in everything or anything. Delikado tayo dyan. Of course, dapat magita natin na may submission ng babae sa kanyang mga parents, sa church leadership, o kaya sa kanyang boss sa trabaho if she is working. If wives has to submit, how the husband should respond? Ano ang mga sagot ng asawang lalaki? And this leads us to verses 29 to 33, where husbands are commanded as well. We praise God for all these letters of Paul. We have all the answers in the Bible. But husbands, brace yourselves for these six verses, while only three verses for our wives. Okay? So let's start with verse 25. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. And gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor, without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she might be holy and without blemish. In the same way, husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, 
just as Christ does the church, because we are members of his body. These are weighty commands. The metaphor of these two relationships is irreplaceable. The reason why I emphasize the context for Christian husbands here is because these are commands that only Christ-believing husbands can do. Husbands can't do this on their own. We need Christ through the help of the Holy Spirit for us to be a biblical husband. And what are these commands? Looking back, one, love your wives as Christ, love the church. Consider the command to love your wives as Christ, love the church. How did Christ love the church? How did Christ save the church? The answer is in verse 2 of the same chapter of Ephesians chapter 5. And walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Jesus Christ died for his church. He sacrificed himself. Christ is its savior. So, if wives are to submit in everything to her husband, husbands should die for their wives to protect them. This is an amazing reciprocating command. But aside from this, husbands must give himself up for her. It is now the wives over the husbands, whatever concern it is. Personally, it implies that it's now all Angela's over mine. Ito na yon. Hindi mahirap sa asawang babae na mag-submit sa kanyang asawang lalaki kung nararamdaman nito ang pagmamahal sa kanya. In the same way, hindi rin mahirap sa isang asawang lalaki na mahalin ang kanyang asawang babae kung alam niya na nagsasubmit sa kanya ang kanyang asawa. I think this sounds easy. But unfortunately, it's not. Diyan papasok yung pride. But by God's grace, we can slowly but surely approach this as we grow and learn in the faith. Trusting the truthfulness of God's word. For those who are singles out there or soon-to-be husbands, I would say, pray. Pray that the Lord will prepare your hearts to be ready to take the responsibilities. Hindi tayo pwedeng tumakas sa responsibilidad. Hindi nga, di ba? Huwag tayong matakot. But instead, trust the Lord. Use your brothers to walk with you through these opportunities to grow and wisdom to learn. Seek godly counsel. Pero hindi pa tayo tapos dyan. In verses 26-27, it's all about doing everything for the wives and inter interchangeably for the church, which is ultimately for the wives to be perfect and holy and without blemish. Waiting. Mabigat. 
these are the responsibilities of husband to his wife. Then the next command for husbands is to love your wives as your own bodies. Paano yun? Paul again here does not say that everybody loves their own body as in verse 29. But generally speaking, our instinct is always to protect ourselves. Paul did not explain. He just assumed that the husband is loving themselves. And I think, and I agree. Listen to this. When we feel hungry, what do we do? We eat. When we are full, we stop eating. And that's for everybody. When we feel thirsty, we drink. When we feel good or we feel cold, we warm ourselves. When we feel warm, we cool down. This loving of oneself is instinct and automatic. What Paul is saying here is husbands must have that sensitivity of care as caring for himself when he responds to his wife's submission. This is as Christ loved the church by redeeming them from the bondage of sin and death to be reconciled to God the Father who is holy. The love of Christ to the church is sealed by this verse 30. We are members of his body. We are the body of Christ. That what we feel as a church, Christ feels the same. And this connection is unchangeable. As we surrender our lives to him, we feel our love, his love for us. And this is the gospel of Christ. We don't deserve this love without Christ's redeeming love. If you're a visitor, masaya kami na nakasama ka namin ngayong umaga, and we want you to be one with us. We pray that you do listen and believe in this truth. That God who is holy, created man in his own image to glorify him, but man disobeyed him. He rebelled against him. And this rebellion against the will of God who is holy is what the Bible calls sin. Because of this sin, man deserved God's wrath. He is destined to die a sinner's death, to be judged in eternal hell. God the Father, in his mercy, sent his only son to redeem us from our sins. He lived a sinless life for his offering of his death to be acceptable by God his Father as a ransom to redeem his saints in this fallen world. Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ died on the cross and rose again in your behalf for his blood and his life as a ransom for many. Jesus Christ is the only Savior. The only solution for you to repent of your sins is to repent of your sins and accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. 
and you can do it even now. Pray and allow Jesus to take control of your life by surrendering yourself to him. And so, people who are called, just like you and me, brothers and sisters in Christ, are members of the holy body of Christ, the church. C.H. Spurgeon is one of his preaching once said, there is a wonderful union between the head and the members of the body. It is a union of life and the union of the body which always continues. The husband may have to travel miles away from the wife, but it can never be that the head can travel away from the body. If I were to hear of any man whose head was a foot or even an inch away from his body, I should say that he was dead. There must be perpetual union between the head and the members, or else death follows. And the death mark you, not only with the body, but of the head as well. They are dead when they are divided. How glorious is this thought when we apply it to the Lord and his redeemed people. Their union is everlasting. They will die if separated from him. And even he would cease to be, did he lose them? For somehow or other, they are so joined that he will not be without them. He cannot be without them. For that were for the head of the church to be divided from the members of his mystical body. What an assurance of everlasting relationship with Christ. As we submit to him as the head in obedience to the gospel. This obedience is what Paul continued to write in chapter 6 verses 1 to 3. This submission in the family is specifically children submitting to their parents in obedience. And this is our second point. Let's continue by reading chapter 6, verses 1 to 3. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise, that it may go well with you, and that you may live long in the land. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Notice that Paul quoted an Old Testament command here. And that is in Exodus chapter 20, verse 12. And this is one of the Ten Commandments. You don't need to go there, but I'll just read it for you. Exodus chapter 20, verse 12. Honor your father and your mother, that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. And Paul explained it further, that submission in the form of obedience by children without stopping in their parents. He quoted one of the Ten Commandments to remind his readers that, again, this command did not only come in that age, but even in God's covenant people under his rule. And true enough, this is the first and only commandment with a promise. That is a promise of a well-lived and a long life in the land. And this is stating towards eternity. Children are born sinners, just like you and me. It's automatic for them to be obedient on the first day they were born until they grow old. 
Is that correct? No. Because children are born sinners, they always will disobey. They have their own way of being selfish, just like us. May mga selfish motives at agenda, yung mga anak natin. Once babies are born, they first welcome you with a smile. Is that true? No. They start with a cry. And why is that? Huh? You need to watch over me. I need your attention. And then babies will start to make cute, funny ways of entertaining parents, especially when they need something from them. They always tend to do what they want to do than obeying what you want them to do as parents. But Paul reminded his reader of the positive duty of obedience here, that the submission of wives to their husbands does not reduce their dignity as parents, but instead that both of them deserve honor and their obedience. Children must be trained to respect and honor higher authorities. Unfortunately, this does not come naturally because of sin. Children can only truly obey their parents, give honor to their mother and father, and submit to authorities when they have personal relationship with Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Otherwise, their compliance would require something else, just like babies. Paul knew about this, and he warned parents not to provoke their children to anger because obedient children need to be nurtured and cared for. Instead, what parents should do? Paul said, parents should disciple their children. And how? By discipline and instruction of the Lord. Again, praise God. The Bible has the answers. Parents, fathers and mothers, listen. It is your primary responsibility to disciple your children. I repeat, it is your primary responsibility to disciple your children. Of course, we're thankful for the children's Sunday schools, youth camps, and their good supplements when it comes to this responsibility. Tulong lang dapat yung mga programs na yan. The Bible is filled with reminder and encouragements of this responsibility. One, as an example for this, is Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 7. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. Another one is Psalm chapter 7, 8, verse 4. We will not hide them from their children, meaning this is the law, but tell to the coming generation the glorious deeds of the Lord and his might and the wonders that he has done. And then Proverbs 22, verse 6. Train up a child in the way he should go. And even when he is old, he will not depart from it. And Paul called fathers. Although this is a shared responsibility at home, but primarily, these are the father's responsibility 
And so I'd like to encourage fathers who are listening right now, you can start regular Bible reading at home. The way our lives are organized today, a Bible reading after dinner at home would be a great way to start. Another practical way of discipling your child is that the gospel conversation must be heard at home. The experience of God's grace at the end of a day's work, for example, followed by a prayer of thanksgiving before meals, where our prayers are focused on God's grace and mercy through His Son, Jesus Christ. God's grace should always be part of the conversation at home. Another way is to walk them through a Bible reading and book reading together. For those who have toddlers, Kevin DeYoung's children's book, The Biggest Story, is highly recommended. For grown-up children, my wife and my daughter spend time together reading books or doing book reviews together that would encourage them in their walk with God. Pero dapat, huwag din tayong tumigil na isama sila sa ating mga panalangin. We should regularly be praying for them. Finally, submission doesn't apply to parents and children, but even to those who are slaves and masters. And this is our point number three. It is in Ephesians chapter 6, verses 5 to 9. Bond servants, obey your earthly masters with fear and trembling, with a sincere heart, as you would Christ. Not by the way of eye service, as people pleasers, but as bond servants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart, rendering service with a good will as to the Lord and not to man, knowing that whether good, whatever good anyone does, this he will receive back from the Lord, whether he is a bond servant or is free. Masters, do the same to them and stop your threatening, knowing that he who is both their master and yours is in heaven, and that there is no partiality with him. Ephesus, during the writing of Paul, was filled with bond servants, which is around one-third of the total population, according to history. Bond servants had limited rights and were subject to exploitation and abuse by their masters in the Greek and Roman culture. In this letter of Paul, he addressed to the church in Ephesus the duty of both bond servants and masters, which is based on their both being heir of Christ in eternity. So the context here, servants are masters, are followers of Christ. This is a very controversial passage, though, because of servants or slaves. People, again, are branding Christianity as promoting slavery. But Paul is not promoting slavery here, nor he is an advocate of slavery. I would like to refer you to the letter of Paul to Philemon, and this is one of the examples. Onesimus, who's quite familiar with us, was a bond servant of Philemon, who became a follower of Christ. One of the main reasons why he wrote this letter including the relations of servants and masters, was because he wants to appeal to Philemon to appreciate the transformation that has occurred in Onesimus' life and to receive him back, not merely as a servant, but as a beloved brother. And also in history, 
popular supporters to eradicate slavery in the modern age are mostly evangelical Christians. One of those personalities is William Wilberforce. He was a member of the parliament in England, who is a leader of the movement to abolish the slave trade during the 1800s. And he is a member of the Church of England. Going back to our passage, servants are commanded to obey their earthly masters with fear and trembling. Now, if we stop there, the meaning of this passage would exactly mean that we are promoting slavery. And so, we should not stop there to understand fully the meaning of this. Let's continue then. With sincere heart, eschew with Christ. Not by the way of eye service, as people pleasers, but as bond servants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart, rendering service with a good will as to the Lord and not to man, knowing that whatever good everyone does, this will receive back from the Lord, whether he is bond servant or is free. This is what it means to have a Christ-centered submission. Of course, Christians may despise their early master, earthly masters in favor of their heavenly master, but serving them with sincere heart is still a service to the Lord. And so we have to be thankful that we have worked during this time of pandemic and the way we work serving our bosses is not in vain. We are serving the Lord. So how do we submit? The answers are, submit as you would to Christ. Not submitting just to the masters. Submit as you would to Christ. Doing the will of God. Not by way of eye service and people pleasers, but as bond servants of Christ. Not only external service, but from the heart. Serving others, not to man, but as to the Lord. This submission is not just superficial. Hindi lang po pang balat kayo or artificial. No? Kumbaga, dapat may hugot. So, and then this is verse 9. No? Masters do the same to them. Stop threatening them, knowing that he who is both their master and yours is in heaven, and that there is no partiality with them. Paul reminded the servants and the masters of who they are now. Masters and servants have the same responsibility when they face their creator. Both of them have the same master in heaven. Not two masters, but one who will judge with perfect justice and fairness. Verse 9 is the conclusion of the letter of Paul and submission. But how does it apply to us in the present day? The application of this passage today is the way we submit to those appointed authority over us. It might be our bosses at work, the government, the police, or the IATF who controls the exit and entrance or any locality due to ECQ. All of them are appointed by the company where you work or lawfully authorized by the government. When we serve them, obey them, and respect them, is we submit to their authority. And all the authority have been instituted by God. That is in Romans chapter 13, verses 1 to 2. 
But remember the exceptions before. The exception in submission to husbands is the same and the only exception in our submission to lawful, to lawful authorities. Kung ang mga bosses natin or any authority over us will require us to disobey God's word or kaya para ma-misrepresent natin si Jesus Christ, ito yung may exception not to submit. And so, we Christians should know who we serve. We Christians should know what the Bible is saying about who God is for them to say, for us to say no if it is against His will. So all in all, Paul's letters to the Ephesians are prayers that would help the church to be united as one as they encourage one another in submission to those who are in authority. We are one family in the church with Christ as the head and we are his body. Submission in marriages, submission of children to the parents, and submission to authorities are just but a foreshadow of what is yet to come. These are all temporary that will pass away. But biblical submission, being Christ as the head and we are his body, is eternal. Our temporary submission, which are not as perfect as what the Lord expects us to do, is only limited to our earthly relationships that will eventually end. But being with Christ as a member of one body in all is all of eternity. In all of this uncertainty, our hope is in the Lord Jesus Christ. True submission is a Christ-centered submission that will bring glory to God through the Holy Spirit. Let's pray. Oh Lord our God, we are grateful for the salvation that we received through your Son, Jesus Christ, by your grace, through faith. We thank you for you have called us to be one with you as part of your body. Father, we pray for ECC Manila that Christ-centered submission will continue to manifest as they serve one another's church. We pray for the leadership of this church, that they will be filled with love that comes from you and the same love that will be felt as they shepherd their flock. We pray for those who are here this morning, for those who consider ECC Manila as their church. May you envelope them with your kindness and desire to truly seek real membership in this church, for this church to be a blessing in this community and your glory might be displayed to the watching world. We bring back all the praises and the glory to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.